Hello and welcome in to another episode of the Fantasy Football RPG Podcast. I'm your Commissioner Corey, also known as Bittner Steel. And once again, I'm joined by my guys. We got Evan and we got the Spectral, as always, Eric. Hello. How you doing, Corey? I'm doing pretty good. Just got done with a little walk around the neighborhood with the old pupper. Pretty nice. Uh, really nice day out today. So it was a good day to have a little bit of a longer walk. How about you guys? What uh, You guys get up to anything over the weekend? Just a lot of football. Uh, my buddy Brian threw a little bit of a shindig and made like bourbon smoked pork butt. And it oh, was yeah. insane. It was so good. So we chilled out at his house for a while. And then this week I made my commitment to start running again. So I've been dying all week as I've been running about a mile just to kind of each day to get myself back into the groove of things. There you go. Um, started to get a little bit of love handles and I don't have a love. So I figured that's not a good sign. <laughs> Trying to get that taken care of. Oh, I'm proud of you for doing that, man. Yeah, it's good to uh, take care of yourself like that. Well, I also have a desk job now instead of working at a brewery where you're True. lugging around 180 pound kegs. And all your oh, feet no. Do day. you have, are you, are you sitting in a chair all day? You don't oh, have yeah. a standing desk? All day, seven to four. Oh, no. Sitting is death, man. You got to get up. I know. Well, they had this cool little like, like desks. So you hit the button. It's like, and like yeah. it's standing desk then. So I do that throughout the day. Um, plus I have to, there's, I get up and down throughout the day to go do stuff, but the majority is sitting at my desk. So I'm trying to get myself back into a regular exercise routine again. Oh, fair enough. And then Evan, you had a wedding, right? Yeah. I was at my cousin's wedding this weekend in Minnesota. So a lot of, a lot of drinking and uh, paying for it a little bit. It's, uh, it's been tough to come back. And then I had a work conference Monday and Tuesday. So was there any uh, pregame uh, smack talk going around for the uh, Vikings Eagles? Oh, uh, 100%. Get, you you yeah. get into some of that? Anything come to yeah, fist? I got, it. I got into it with the DJ. Oh, <laughs> did you really? Yeah, it was a good conversation. He had, he had a Viking tattooed on his bicep. Uh-huh. Did, you, uh, did you run up there and tell him to put on some Eagles? No. No? No. Not going to Hotel that. California? No. No, I respect, strong, I respect the land that I was in. Would have been a strong move, though. Uh, yeah, it would have been yeah, a bold move. Yeah. Or maybe Freebird, little Leonard Skinner, put on some Freebird. Oh, man. All right. Well, uh, you, you feeling you feeling good now? You feeling ready to uh, to podcast? Not too dead from all the uh, drinking? Yeah, feeling better. Good to hear. We got some good topics to discuss this time. Uh, week two has finished up. Going into week three here with a Thursday night football game. And I actually picked up some uh, beer already for the game that I was very excited to get. It actually only comes in a four pack. And I, I think it's because it's about 12% alcohol. And it is a, a Lagunitas special edition triple IPA. Cool. So I, I love Lagunitas. Uh, I'm a big, big Lagunitas fan. I think they put out some really great stuff. And they, they do a lot of these special edition beers, right? And uh, liquor store by my house, I just walked in. They happened to have it uh, front and center on display there. I'm like, oh, yeah, new Lagunitas. I'll definitely, I'm picking that up. Came in a four-pack. I'm like, oh, that's kind of weird. Special edition, I guess. That's probably why. Uh, took it home, cracked it open, took a sip. And I'm like, whoa, what did I get myself into? Check the label. Yeah, 11.7% <laughs> on these bad boys. So I had... I made the mistake last night of having two of them, which that's that's too much <laughs> of these kinds of beers for sure. Uh, so I'm just I'm sticking with one. I'm gonna pace myself on it tonight so that I can get through the pod with you guys and uh, 
not become a drunken slurring mess by the end. I heard they uh, have a tap room up in Seattle. Have you been there? To Lagunitas Tap Room? No, actually, yeah. I didn't realize they had one up here. Yeah, I think the the main one was in Petaluma. Right. Um, down in California. Been mm-hmm. there. A lot of fun. Oh, nice. But yeah, I think they have one in Seattle, too. Oh, well, I'll be uh, definitely making a trip down there. That's that's really good to know. Um, but yeah, I mean, besides the 12% alcohol, I mean, it's 12% alcohol. You can definitely taste it in there, but it, it's it's good. Corey, if you need the backup quarterbacks to come in at some point because you can't handle it, you let us know. Yeah, we'll do. You'll be the first to know. I feel like at that point, though, I won't be able to make the request. You guys will just have to uh, kind of slot in there. We'll be the Nick Foles to your Carson Wentz. We got you. All right. Yeah, I'll, I'll take it. <laughs> that's fine. As long as you guys bring home the uh, the bowl, that's all that matters. Right? Exactly. Team sport. Uh, what do you guys got going on? Anyone, anyone drinking something more fun than water? I have a nice glass of Heaven's Door straight bourbon whiskey, the uh, Bob Dylan whiskey. It is very, very good. It's very smooth, very easy to drink. It's a nice, like, relaxing bourbon. If I just want to chill, have a glass, enjoy my evening, this is usually a go-to for mine. Um, And it's a good price point, too. Down here, it's like 40 bucks a bottle, if that. So for a really high-end, kind of mid-tier whiskey, um, 40 bucks, not bad. Highly recommend. You really, uh, you really like the band branded whiskey, huh? I do. Yeah, that's that's good to know. I, I I always look at those things and I always like raise an eyebrow a bit. I'm like, uh, it's sponsored by like a like a band. Like I'm not sure if that's kind of like it almost feels gimmicky sometimes. But you've come like with like three different ones to the show at this point, and you've said they're all really good, and I trust your opinion. Uh, the so, two I will recommend like crazy that will not, it, it, they're just good bourbon on their own is the Metallica's Blackened mm-hmm. and then Bob Dylan's Heaven's Door. You cannot go wrong with either of those. Very different. The Blackened is very spicy. Like you're mm-hmm. definitely, it's a harder one to drink, but it's a higher percentage. Very tasty. They've got nice little vanilla notes to it. And then if you want an easier drink in, like casual, just chill with a couple of them on a day, Heaven's Door is your choice. Very nice. Evan, you got something going on over there? No, I'm lame. I just got off work like 30 minutes ago. So that was a perfect time to crack one open. I haven't even had dinner. So <laughs> uh, fair enough. That is, that's been my new routine though. I do, uh, uh, I get home from work and I go to my mini fridge in my little game room den and I crack a beer and I just have like a sip. And that's such a nice reward for me after a, a long, hard day is just that first sip of beer. And then I take care of all of my like after work at home stuff. And then I come back to the beer. Uh, so so then... we, we used to we used to have something at the city where a lot of city employees would keep an open beer in their fridge. And as soon as they would get home, they would take a sip. That way we couldn't be called back in because we could say we've been drinking. Oh, that's very good. <laughs> that's very good. That's a fun loophole. I remember you telling me, too, about the guy that used to just walk around with like homemade uh, tequila, right? So yeah, that, that was at my previous firm that oh, one, okay, of the, gotcha. one of the surveyors, um, he actually used to make tequila Yeah, and he would just walk in and you'd just come in one day and there'd be a bottle of tequila on your desk. That is uh, extremely dangerous, but pretty awesome. Okay. Well, let me uh, take a quick swig. Uh, Refresh your palate there a little bit. Mm-hmm. Maybe two Get swigs. you ready for those podcast uses. <laughs> yeah, man. I got to get all fueled up. Uh, 12% beer is the field for tonight. So we'll see how that goes. 
but yeah, man, just taking it right into it. Let's 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 get into things here. I think the big one that we kind of touched on in our little mini episode, our, our keep trade cut ep that we released last, we we touched on it a bit, but. I mean, let's get into just a little bit of this 49ers rushing player curse where it, it I thought it was pretty limited to just their their running backs before the, the Trey Lance injury where, you know, he was supposed to come in as this rushing threat quarterback and out for the year now, unfortunately, with that ankle injury. Um, but now let's see, we have Elijah Mitchell out. Then Jeff Wilson was the ne- next man up. Some people were thinking... Tyrion Davis-Price was going to uh, make some sort of impact. He's now out. Uh, high ankle injury of some kind, out for the next you know six weeks, I think, at least. And now they're basically down to Jeff Wilson, who has also had trouble staying healthy in the past. Uh, they have uh, Jordan Mason, who I have picked up in a lot of leagues just as a flyer because 49ers running backs can't trust him. Uh, and now Marlon Mack has been officially signed from the pa- practice squad onto the main team, uh, who, you know, he had a stint on the Texans before the Damian Pierce, uh, like kind of, I, I don't even want to say ascendancy because Damian Pierce was like looking like the guy preseason. And now it's like, who knows if he's the guy? Cause he hasn't really been, he's been like shared work with Rex Burkhead. Um, but Marlon Mack was on the team too. Some people kind of thought he could be the guy, uh, cut. And then signed to the Niners. Um, so they have this pretty, I mean, one of maybe the worst uh, running back cores right now in football with these guys all slotting in. Um, I, I guess just like, one, what's the deal with that? Did they actually get witch cursed uh, with their running backs? And two, like, what do you guys think? Like, is anyone on this team uh, super like interesting, worth trading for? I imagine they're all probably grabbed from the waivers at this point, but... Who do you guys like out of the remaining guys, if anyone? So in one of our leagues, Jeff Wilson was available. And I just dropped all 100 of my free agent bucks on him and snagged him up. Just because a starting 49ers running back to me has value because they're going to be used. Do I think he's going to be the guy the entire season? Absolutely not. But what better opportunity am I going to have with how deep our leagues are for a guy like that to come available? So I, I just snagged him up. Um, I don't think there's a single rusher on the 49ers I would actually want to trade for, though. I don't think I would want to give anything up. I think I would just want to spend most of my free agent bucks to go get them if they were out there. Crazy enough on on Jeff Wilson, non-RPG league, but uh, I had a guy give me a third for $25 out of 100, so 25% of my budget, and he spent all 125 on Jeff Wilson. Was the was the next highest bid hundred? Yes. Okay. Okay. Then that's that's a gamer move. I like so it. So I don't know why he didn't just put hundred and one personally. But... Uh, <laughs> yeah. Actually, <laughs> he yeah, he should Right. It was one of those uh, moves that you're just like, yeah, he didn't think this through. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, I I feel it. I have some Jeff Wilson here or there. I actually. He, especially in dynasty he was a guy that i i hung on to in a lot of leagues just from last year um just because you know like i keep saying 49ers running backs they get hurt uh a lot and often and jeff wilson tends to be for the last couple years he tends to be like that next guy up that when everyone else is injured he comes in and tends to uh be able to put up some games so 
I get it. I, I, I don't, you know, hate the hundred dollar, uh, fab acquisition. Just, just go out and run and pick them up. I wasn't really doing it. Um, maybe that's the Hawks bias in me a little bit, but I don't know. I also just, you can't bank on injury, but the propensity for Niners running backs of getting hurt. I didn't want to spend a hundred bucks on a guy just for him to the next week, <laughs> get injured and out for the season. But uh, I, I, I see the logic. I can definitely uh, get behind it. But what do you guys think about this witch's curse? Is is there a hex afoot? I, I don't know. Debo's about to go in that backfield, though. He's going to get rushes. It just is what it is. So I mean, he could end up being like the RB1 wide receiver one, literally. Like he Get a Carol Patterson. Yeah, he could do it for the Niners. He could be their guy. He could be. But on, on the RBs, going down if Debo starts getting more rushes and he goes down that's one of the reasons why I really like Ayuk right now I, I feel that yeah I, I like Ayuk as well as much as I can like 49ers players which uh right is less than a lot of other players that I I don't know man I, besides my Hawks bias just in general though the Niners seem to have I, I maybe it's just the players that they have accumulated but like Debo hasn't always been the picture of health. He's he's had his string of injuries. George Kittle can't get on the field. No running backs can survive there for for too long. Uh, second overall draft pick and Trey Lance is is done for the year with a with a bad injury. Like what what's going on there? Is it just really bad luck? It could also just be the way they evaluate players. Um, mm. It's almost like the New York Yankees kind of mentality, right? Where they are willing to go after the players that have more of an injury history, but have a super high ceiling talent wise mm. and just hope that they have a season like they do this year where they all stay healthy. Right. Yeah. Cause they know if they're healthy. Yeah. They're going to be the best team in baseball, but their chance of them all staying healthy is pretty low. So maybe it's just that where they don't so much care about the injury risk. They're getting a value at talent later on or cheaper. Mm-hmm. Um, and they guess if they stay healthy, that they can make it far. I mean, last year, I mean, look, Elijah Mitchell came along and the Debo was great and they made it to an AFC championship game, uh, NFC championship game, sorry. Um, It could just be a talent evaluation like that, right? Where they're like, we don't care about the injury. We're getting a premium value talent at a later spot because of the injury. They're kind of, they're gambling with the the injury risk and they are basically using the the, uh, prior injuries as like a way to create value. And, we'll look and at Nick get Bosa. these guys cheaper. Nick yeah. Bosa, too. He got injured his senior year at Ohio State, and they still took him high. When mm-hmm. he's on the field, he's unstoppable, but he seems to get injured every year. Yeah, so, don't I know it? He he smashed the Hawks that last game. That was that was brutal. But it's, it's the same philosophy. I just think it's their philosophy. We're going to go yeah. for higher talent, bigger injury risk, because he's going to fall to us. Mm. Yeah. Yep. I feel it. Uh that all makes sense to me. Okay, moving moving along here. Uh, kind of a, another touch on like, I think we all drew some concerns from uh, watching the Bengals week one. And I got to say, man, week two didn't look any prettier. Uh, going against the the Cowboys that are pretty depleted, they they couldn't get it done. And it really, when I, when I went back and I, I did some research on it, it really seems like for some reason, even though on paper the Bengals improved their their O line, they are not playing nearly as well as they did last year. Um, I, I think I saw a couple of stats where 
the the one really eye-opening one to me would which again week two but Joe Burrow I think was sacked about 50 times last year and as of right now he's on pace to be sacked almost double or more than double that which is crazy um you know I think that it's one of those inflated stats a bit obviously but he's taken a lot of sacks in two games guys like uh Mixon can't seem to find any room out there uh he wide receivers can't like create enough space downfield because the Joe Burrow is not getting enough time to uh, set up. So like, how, how concerned are you guys about, about the Bengals as a team, about their offensive weapons via the, the O-line? If I had to rank it like on a scale of one to 10, one being not worried at all, 10 being extremely worried, I'm at like a three. So the reason I'm at a three is because I trust the mentality of Burrow that he's not going to be shaken by this. He got obliterated his first year in the NFL and got injured, came back and took him to a Super Bowl. Secondly, they went up against TJ Watt week one, and they went up against Micah Parsons week two, probably the two best pass rushers in football. And when TJ Watt left that Steelers game, all of a sudden the Bengals started clicking and finding a rhythm, and they brought that game back. They're playing the Jets this week. I, I want to hold out one or two more weeks before I start. Yeah, I was going to say, like, what, what's the excuse against the Cowboys, though? Because the Cowboys have, what, Micah Parsons? And I, I'm honestly not aware of like uh, Diggs, I think is a decent uh, in the secondary, but like they don't have crazy uh, like prolific like edge or, or, mm. or linebackers or, I, or I, think, I think they have a better linebacking quarter than you're giving them credit for. And they have a pretty good D line too. I think there's a scenario we get to the end of the year and Cowboys might have a top five defense. There, there's a world where that really? exists. Possibly. I don't know, I don't know if I see uh, that. The five, I mean, five to 10 range, I would think. But with how good Micah Parsons is, that dude is like people are throwing the name yeah. Lauren Taylor around with him. No, oh, like, yeah, I, I agree. He is he is quite good. I just can't name any other Cowboys defensive players. Marcus Lawrence. Uh, is Gregory still on the team? No. No. But no. Marcus Lawrence yeah. is still there, right? Denver. No, he, oh, that's right. He went to Denver. He oh, that's yeah, right. Yeah. There's yeah. a whole round the match. Okay, so maybe I'm not, maybe I am not. I think they have some good key players there for sure. I just don't think that they have like I, when when I think about the Bengals' offensive power, I was just pretty surprised to see them not be able to create plays um, against against the Cowboys. Um, it was very very surprising. How many touchdowns did the Bengals score last week? One or two? One, I think. So they gave up two touchdowns total to Brady and Burrow. The Cowboys' defense. I mean that. That's pretty good. So they just might be really good on defense. I, I don't know yet. It's still too early. I just think with that caliber of pass rushing between those two teams and when the preeminent pass rusher went out on the Steelers, the Bengals started getting a rhythm. I, I just I want to see them against a team that does not have a scary defensive pass rusher like the Jets this week. So so what do you what do you think, Evan? Are you kind of in agreement? I think that the the Jets uh like baseline is probably a good one yeah i mean if they don't absolutely throttle the jets this week uh i'm gonna be on high alert yeah but they should absolutely throttle the jets this week yeah we okay. revisit this next week and they yeah. either lost or it was a really close game to the jets and they looked bad on offense i'll go from like a three to like an eight <laughs> i mean the jets uh 
Jets pulled it together against the Browns. Uh, I was saying to Eric pre-show, Evan, I mean, I looked and, and the, uh, the Jets had a 1% chance of winning that game in like the last minute and a half against the Browns. And like, I don't know. Um, it'll be really interesting to see. That's for sure. Let's go ahead and move on a little bit, though. I think week three, let's, yeah, let's go ahead and retouch on, on the Bengals after the Jets game. I think I'll link the next two together, actually, because we have we have two QBs here that I think are interesting to talk about. Uh, one guy that I think, uh, Eric, like preseason, you were saying you were pretty out on, uh, and I, I was kind of with you. I think I was a little higher than you, though. Uh, and then the other guy... I have been really high on for a while now. I'm not exactly sure about you, Eric, but I know Evan also was pretty high on this guy. So we have Tua, Tungavailoa, and Jalen Hurts. Uh, Tua came out as the QB1 last week and just absolutely shredded the Ravens, which the Ravens don't have like a, you know, amazing defense. I think their defense is actually pretty poor. So I think that's a big part of it that we have to kind of take with a grain of salt here. But those weapons on the Dolphins are looking choice man like if you just get it into waddle or tyreek hill's hands there's not a lot that uh a lot of teams are going to be able to do uh with those two guys kind of leading the way uh and then hurts the question is i mean he looks like a top five fantasy qb uh if not nfl qb so i want to just get your guys' thoughts on on these two guys whoever wants to uh take it first so i'll I'll kick it off so all right i'll start with tua is it okay if we like pump the brakes on this Tua thing a little bit? Can we agree he's not the new Tom Brady? Like people are going nuts over him. Everyone's coming out of the world was like, I told you about Tua. Like it was one game, one game. I want to see him put a couple together like this. And a lot of those touchdowns were big play, kind of keep it up there. Now he's got great weapons around him. Now he's got Hill. He's yeah. got Tyreek, but I want to see him come into a game kind of like what we've seen from Josh Allen, where Josh Allen just goes through progressions, takes the check down if he needs, runs for a few, but you ne- but he always seems to make the right play and just drives it down the field. Now, Josh Allen's like a top two, three quarterback in the league right now, but I don't want to see them go down 34 to 14 and then him just bomb them back. Like, that's not a consistent way to win. Well, you we- know what's really fun is, is we do get that direct comparison this week so my, my takeaway is I'm, I'm still out on Tua, but I have an eyebrow raised. But the one thing that I was worried about that I do think he answered from a fantasy football perspective is he can get those weapons fantasy points on your teams. That I feel good about now. I'm not afraid of Tyreek Hill or Jalen Waddell of not fulfilling their draft capital. I, I think it's important to, to keep in mind here that, you know, the Ravens are, are pretty stinky on defense. They're, yes. they're they kind of stink. So uh, I agree with you with a little bit of pump the brakes. Um, excited to see what they do against the bills. If they do any better than the Rams week one, I will be pretty interested to see how that goes. Um, Evan, any two of thoughts? Yeah. So I kind of agree with Eric over there talking, you know, there was a lot of big plays, which is great. I mean, Tua has all the weapons around him now. Um, they could shore up the offensive line most definitely, but they have a lot of youth on that offensive line. Um, so it'll be really interesting to see how it gels together this year. Um, Tua was somebody that a lot of questions were raised about. And the fact that they used to have two first round picks 
uh, led to a lot of that discussion as well as giving them an out basically. But now only having one pick in the first round uh, and Tua doing well, um, it's definitely good to see. And it allows them to, if they want to, to go get another weapon for Tua on the offensive, potentially offensive line, maybe at tight end, um, see what happens there. I mean, I think wide receiver, they're pretty locked in. Uh, running back, maybe they'll get a late late first round running back, maybe second round running back. Um, some good so running backs coming up in this class. Some good running backs. There are. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I also, I really like that you, like, you know, made us remember about this this first round pick forfeiture that that the Dolphins had. I, we said it was big at the time. I think you know the closer and closer it gets to twenty twenty three season, it's it's going to be more and more uh, just crucial that 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 pick is gone for them. Real quick thing on Tua. Oh, yeah. Just real quick hitters. You have to start this quarterback to save your life. Pick between the two. Who are you starting like this it. week? Okay, real quick. Tua or Burrow? Who are you starting? Week three? Mm-hmm. Burrow. Burrow. Burrow? Okay, so Tua or Murray? Kyler. Murray, yeah. yeah. Tua or David or uh, Derek Carr? Carr. Carr, yeah. So we still have Tua, like, below Carr. It's, so, it's the bills start getting like iffy for you uh kirk cousins or tua I, kirk cousins i think yeah, I, honestly i don't think there's a lot of qbs that i would i i think there's a lot of qbs i'd play over Tua because he's going against the bills and i'm just i don't know i don't know okay, well, if that's if gonna be a good took, one if you put the bills out of it like, okay does he start over any of those four i just mentioned um, Wait, you're just you have to pick one don't know the opponent Okay, here, here's actually good. Let's skip to week four real quick and say he's up against the Bengals. Okay. Um, Tua, Tua Burrow. Uh, <laughs> that does make it harder. Um, I think Burrow still. Mm-hmm. So Tua or Carr? Without knowing off the top of my head who the Raiders are going yeah. against. I'm still uh, I think, yeah, uh, I think that uh, I think I might go Tua. Mm, no, I, I, I would I would feel very comfortable saying that Tua is that turn in betweener between a QB one and QB two. Mm-hmm. I like that. I think that's fair. And, and like that's QB, fair. QB twelve, QB thirteen. Yeah, but I I think that's where the pump the brakes come from with him because yeah. I still think you can't insert him into your QB slot and feel really good about it yet. And until mm-hmm. I'm at that point, I'm still kind of out. No, I feel it. Um, but I really want to get this next guy uh, on the on the old whiteboard because I have a feeling Evan has some thoughts here, and I want to go ahead and let you take this one uh, off the top. Evan, talk to me a little bit about Jalen Hurts. The question yes, is, so. is he a top five QB, either in fantasy or in the NFL, or both? Uh, fantasy definitely has the potential. NFL, no, is the short answer that I have for it. Um, so this year, uh, Jalen Hurts's intended air yards per pass attempt is down by about a third. So he's at 6.6 this year. So he's hitting shorter passes. Uh, it's allowing him to put the ball in his wide receiver's hands, um, or tight end in Goddard. Uh, he's running a whole heck of a lot, which is terrifying to me. Um, so it's why, I mean, it's why I have Gardner Minshew on a lot of my fantasy teams. 
Yeah, I mean, we're looking at his most yards per rushing per game this year. We're looking at his most attempts by like four and a half over last year. Obviously, it's only two games, but still kind of concerning to see when your quarterback's taking that many hits. Um, You look at his bad throw percentage. Once again, small sample size, but it's down. It's been consistently going down every single year. He started at 26.7 his first year, 14% last year. 11 and a half this year so far his on target rate is 78 percent, which i like to see that's pretty on par with most nfl quarterbacks um so you know he's he's doing pretty well um from what i see and he's leading the eagles to to victories and hopefully that team will only get better with two first round picks this coming year and then two first round picks uh yeah, two first round picks in 2024 as well. And that I I yeah, that's a great reminder that they have all those picks, man. They're they're doing a great job over there. I mean, I think Jalen Hurts was a big hit. Um, that was definitely something that like uh, I don't, you know, maybe they saw it coming a little bit, but I don't think they could have predicted this level of like impressive play coming from Jalen Hurts. But the fact that they have so many picks next year too, that's it's very exciting. Sorry, two two second round picks in twenty four, not two first round picks. Just clarify that. Gotcha. Okay. 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 It's two first twenty three yeah. and two seconds in twenty four. Okay. Okay. That's still a good amount of picks, man. That's still a good amount of like high picks. Um, and to uh, the fact that they're such a competitive team that we, at this point, we are pretty much shooing them in for uh, that like division, right? Um, or that, uh, yeah, yeah, that that division is basically theirs. I mean, they're the clear betting favorite to win in the NFC East right now. If you look at any any betting um, betting book or anything of that nature, Um, Mm -hmm. one thing that is a slight concern looking forward is I think they're running about seven and a half million in cap space for next year. They have a lot of guys already signed, um, a lot of guys on the books for next year. I think they have forty nine players locked up next year, and next year is Jalen Hurts' last year of his rookie contract. That'll be very interesting. Are you, I mean, at this point, man, he's, he's balling out. You think he gets that big boy contract? So yeah, how, how he's known for signing guys um, coming out of their third year. So before their final year, um, he's done it before many, many times. So that's his MO. So I would fully expect if Hertz continues to ball out this year, he'll lock him up on a four year extension. All right. And uh, Eric, do you have any Jalen Hurts thoughts? I actually don't know really where you stand with Hurts. I was kind of on a wait and see coming into the year with Hurts. I liked things I saw, but there's a lot of things I didn't like. I, I pretty much am standing out where Evan's standing out on this. Um, not, not to piggyback off him, but I think he has absolute top five fantasy potential, but he's not a top five NFL quarterback. But one thing I really like when I evaluate quarterbacks, just something that I've learned from talking to really like talking to people listening to really smart sports broadcaster, things like that is quarterback body language means a lot. And the last two years, Jalen hurts. He looked like he was confident, but he didn't entirely Mm -hmm. get it yet. Watching him against the Vikings. He looked like he knew exactly what he was doing. His chest was puffed out the whole, his celebrations. It, It wasn't like he was up in their face being cocky, like a Baker Mayfield, but he was so confident. 
And he looked like he owned the field. He's like, this is my football field and I am running you out of my building. And I have not seen him from that, that from him until this. I saw that from Burrow last year. I saw that from Mahomes his first couple of years. Allen, I saw it last year. I mean, of course, Brady, uh, Rogers, Manning, you see it from all those guys. I like that confidence. What like a couple example quarterbacks, you don't see that even though they put up good numbers, Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins never looks like he's in control of the game. He might have a great game, but at no point do I feel great about it. And Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray was in the midst of that crazy comeback on Sunday, and he looks like he's moping on the sideline. Like, that is a horrible quarterback body language. Like, he still brought him back, but, I mean, is that a leader you want to rally behind? The players on the Eagles look like they love Hurts. Like, the, love. The, so, like, Hurts is absolutely loved in the locker room, and oh, he's, yeah. a, he's a captain this year. Yeah. Oh, he's an awesome so, dude, man. He's He yeah. seems like a really – just like a really cool guy. I really like that he – you know, has this friendship with, with AJ Brown. And then he like elects to bring him on, like clamors for him, gets him on the team practicing, like in the off season and stuff. I, I just, I love that kind of um, behavior from like, if, you know, if the Hawks had a franchise QB on the team, I would love if he was doing that kind of thing. Uh, so yeah, I'm, I, as a reminder, you know, I was a big fat Jalen Hurts stand like big fat Jalen Hurts stand. I, before uh, he came out last year and proved that he could be a, like a, I think he was QB six uh, last year in, in a lot of my leagues. Um, I was just, I was banging the drum for him, man. I just saw the potential, the rushing potential from him specifically. Um, so I was really excited. I have him in a ton of leagues. So seeing him be really good is awesome. And yeah, man, I think that, yeah, Top five NFL QB, still probably pretty far away uh, while you have some of these like older prolific guys still still hanging around. But man, if he continues to take steps, like that's something that is is you have to consider because he's still a pretty young dude, like not even in his like biological prime. Dude's still growing. Like, so we'll we'll see what he can like evolve into. But I'm I'm very excited to see uh, Jalen Hurts career path. I think he did something in, insane in the squat. I think he squatted like 600 pounds at OU or something like that. Oh, yeah, 600 pounds. Yeah. <laughs> Good said, God. They said it was um, the weight of an empty vending machine, which is disgusting. Oh, boy. Wilson's yeah. falling kill people, and he's squatting them. That is, uh, that's pretty awesome. Two, year, two years from now, who's the better quarterback, Jalen Hurts or Lamar Jackson? That's that's tough, actually. Lamar Jackson in two years. I mean, he'll probably still be. Yeah, he'll probably still be. But he'll be on the Ravens. Oh man, yeah. No, I think he. I think Lamar Jackson. But like, I think it's an interesting debate. Yeah, I'm. I'm going with Lamar. I'm going Lamar, but it's harder than I thought it would be. For sure. I. I right when you said it, I was like Lamar Jackson. This is a softball. But the more and more you think about it, it's like. Well, Lamar will be two years older, taking more and more hits. He's like, he rushes more, and I feel like gets in like more dangerous situations than than Jalen's got a more thick body too. Yeah, I think he more punishment than Lamar. Yeah, he does. He does. I I would even say like, I think Jalen hurts his weapons. I think I like a little more, like not a ton more, but I think I like him a little more than Lamar Jackson's. Like AJ Brown versus uh, Bateman. I think I'm AJ Brown guy. Um, 
Mark Andrews obviously is is great, but then you have Devonta Smith on the Eagles. Like it kind of sort of kind of evens out. Um, I think it's a it's good a, question. It's harder question than you think. It's a good question. Well, that's that's some fun QB talk. Uh, and then the only other thing, I mean, look, we can make this show all about just week two uh, takes, but I think we we want to get to our, our regular segments here. So we'll just have one more sort of uh, uh, football talk, football news segment um, with just a couple of running backs here that I think we should talk about a little bit, whether or not, you know, Week two panic. I think we we are all pretty good about not um, overextending our our takes here and and <laughs> overreacting too badly. But we've had three uh, we have three running backs that have had two outings now that are relatively disappointing uh, in Derrick Henry, uh, Cam Akers, and in Dalvin Cook, and I think they all have different things that are kind of going on here. That's why I kind of think that they're interesting to talk about for me. Uh, obviously Derek Henry is not really living up so far to his like uh, preseason hype or, or preseason ADP at the very least uh, had a couple of stinker outings, um, you know, against not, you know, very weak defenses. I get that, but like, he's supposed to be the guy he's supposed to be the King Henry and he's just not looking up to snuff. He's 28 going on like 29 now, like that's kind of in the age zone where you, you start to get worried about certain running backs. Um, granted, we haven't seen many running backs like Derrick Henry with that sort of frame, but you know, something to talk about. Uh, Cam Akers, I think for a different reason, whether it's the Achilles injury that's still like not allowing him to uh, be as good as, as people thought he was going to be, or you know, he he kicked Sean McVay's dog accidentally or, or or hit on his wife. I don't know, but he just doesn't seem like he's the the guy there. It seems like it's a Darrell Henderson, Cam Akers kind of shows up a little bit uh, situation. So I think that's interesting, especially for a guy that a lot of people were high on going into a, a high-powered Rams offense. And then you have Dalvin Cook, man, who... I think a lot of people viewed as a pretty safe, like end of first round running back kind of player uh, who's also just, in my opinion, I think he's suffering from scheme. I think the new coaching staff on the Vikings is just, I think it's showing that they're a lot more pass happy. They're not going to the ground as much. They're mixing Alexander Madison in more. Dalvin cook is like 26, almost 27. Like, you know, it's, it's stuff to talk about. So I, you know, Give me a quick rundown uh, for you guys, how you guys feel about these three guys, whoever wants to go. I was going to say for, for cook uh, before the season even started, I had the under 1300 rushing yards, which was his line before the season. And I took that in a heartbeat. Um, I very much agree. The scheme looks like it's going to be pass more pass dependent, more pass heavy. Uh, I remember Adam Thielen in camp also saying that he really enjoyed playing in this offense and he was feeling really good about it which led me to believe that they were going to pass more combine that with the fact that it's Alexander Madison's final season and they need to figure out what to do with him. So they need to see what they have in him. They have some games where they've seen some flashes. So I was led to believe that Alexander Madison's going to get a bigger role this year. Um, combine that with so far some negative game script for Dalvin cook um, with them being behind, especially in the Eagles game. Um, so yeah, Delvin cook was a running back that was a little bit concerning. Uh, so is cam Akers, um, just 
you expect a lot out of the Rams running backs. Um, King Henry, I'm not too concerned. Most of the time, it's later in the season when he does a lot of his damage. He just wears defenses down. They get tired. They play a full season. He typically gets better as the game goes on. Um, and frankly, the Titans haven't been very good this year. They've been having some issues offensively. It's kind of concerning, but we'll see this week if they can turn it around. Um, hopefully they can. But I can understand people's concern over Henry. I'm not ready to be concerned just yet, though. And right. uh, Eric, what do you think? I'll give Will real quick rundown. Dalvin Cook, not super concerned. I wasn't expecting him to be a top five running back this year. I was expecting mm-hmm. him to be somewhere between six and 12, and I think he's still going to end up in that. Um, I think it just taken a little bit of time to get used to the offense, but he, he's a border middle, like RB1, RB, borderline RB2 kind of. Week two, but I just want to put out there, because I'm looking right now, Dalvin Cook, RB28. Yeah, he'll come up from that. He's too talented not to get up higher. I think he'll end somewhere between eight and 12. He's running fine. He's just finding his way. Uh, Cam Akers, I'm all the way out on. I I don't know, like you said, whether he hit on Sean McVay's new wife. I don't know if I uh, said something mean. He punched a puppy. I don't know. But he did something, and he is not getting on the field. And when he's on the field, he doesn't look good. I don't know if he needs a whole other year. I'm not trying to trade him or cut him. I mean, I don't think anybody would cut him, but I would not be panic trading him. And I would be stashing him for the whole year and praying he just needs the extra year. The next year he bounces back, but I don't think he's going to be much this season. So I I agree with you that he hasn't looked super good, but in terms of being on the field, I mean, he had 15 carries last week and three receptions. Yes. Maybe three targets, but I think last year into this year, he's being drafted. Like he's getting 25 carries. Like that's true. And I do, I, I will agree with you there. Where like, I also, I didn't, I think Darrell Henderson is a good running back, honestly. So I always saw a little bit of a timeshare there, but I certainly thought Cam Akers would be getting more of the work. I mean, Corey, what's that trade that you got that you texted us about? you said, should I smash accept? It was Cam, you were getting Cam Akers. And what were you trading? George Pickens. I mean, now I'm sitting there thinking, like, wow. You know, George Pickens also hasn't been very relevant, but I well, no, I don't uh, I don't disagree with you that it is like I feel rookie. less good about it, certainly. Right. It went from a oh smash, that's so dumb yeah. to wait a minute. Like that's how far he's fallen for me. I was like, I still would probably take that trade and get acres, but it went from oh, that's not even a question to hold on a minute. Yeah, so, I do agree with you. I do agree with you. So one of one of my guys, Ben Eby. He's out of the football space now, but he used to do high school recruiting. Um, and he actually got to talk with one of the Rams people and their medical staff last off season. So not this past one, the one before it. And they had specifically told him that the entire Rams medical staff recommended neither Akers or Henderson uh, get more than 50% of the snaps. That is very interesting. And then Derek Henry. I am not worried about Derrick Henry. I'm worried about the Titans and him getting usage with the Titans because Derrick Henry is a, they go up by a touchdown or two, and then you just pound, 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 run the rock to death. And that's when he gets 25 carries for 120 yards. When they're behind, he's not a pass catching comeback yeah. running back. And well, they, well, they I, like Dontrell Hilliard there. I mean, as evidenced by the week one performance, he was out obviously last week with injury, but right. uh, he seems like the much better like pass catching back anyway. Right. And like last week was the Bills. Bills are going to make everybody look silly. 
But the week before that was the Giants. Yeah. And I think <laughs> they, they lost the game. I think the Titans might be bad. Yeah. Like, I think they might be really bad. And I yeah. don't know how you fix it. Well, um, I don't know how you could come into this year with just Traylon Burks as like a, a pretty raw prospect still. Like I never thought that I was lower on Traylon Burks as like year one output, but like you go into the year with basically just him and Derrick Henry as your two guys. Like you don't, they don't have anything else there. So yeah, I, the defense got a little better, but man, yeah, I, I think they, I think you might be right. I think they might just kind of be not good this year. So if I can get Derrick Henry value in a trade, I'm probably trying to unload him if I can. Here's a, here's a trade I did with Derrick Henry in it before the season started. Just so viewers know, this is a one quarterback league. You already have Justin Herbert, which is, is barbarians. Barbarians. Yeah. So I sent away Derrick Henry, Chris Godwin, and Jalen Hurts. And I got back Alvin Kamara, Deonta Johnson, and a 2023 second rounder. And I'm liking that more and more the way, more and more and more. Again, the Jalen Hurts one was a little hard, but I had Justin Herbert in a one quarterback league. I'm never going to be starting Hurts over Herbert, personally. So I got Deonta for Godwin, and I got Camaro for Henry, and I think I won both of those. Where I thought he thought he was getting an upgrade in Henry from Camaro. So I feel like for, for Derrick Henry, I feel like this tends to happen. I feel like it happens where the, the, the fantasy football community always is very vocal about running backs when they get to that age 27, age 28, age 29, they fall off. And, and everyone's very um, open about that and vocal about that. But when it comes down to certain guys, it almost feels like that gets forgotten or thrown out the window a bit where you're like, oh, that is true, but not for this guy. Um, I, I think it kind of happened with like, I think to a lesser extent, like David Johnson, I felt like hung around a few too many years in like the fantasy community than like he probably should have when he got into that age range. Um, obviously Todd Gurley had other like knee degenerative issues, but like kind of a similar situation with Derrick Henry, man, I feel like it's kind of something similar where people are going, well, it's, it's Derrick Henry. Like he's a physical specimen. He's not gonna, you know, stop being productive in these like age 28, age 29 years. And I, I don't know. I, I think that it's still something that you need to keep in mind with these guys that you reach that age, taking that much damage uh, to your body, that much mileage on your legs. Derrick Henry just came off of a really like pretty serious foot injury. Um, and he's in the age range where it is kind of scary having him on your roster still. And I don't know. I, I personally don't have a lot of Derrick Henry, but all the Derrick Henry that I do have on teams where I could ship him out, I shipped him out. Um, and I'm not too sad about it. So, so my magic number that I tend to try and get off of running backs by is 1,800 carries between NFL and college. And Henry's at 1,400 right now before this season in the NFL. Uh, and he is at 602 or had 602 in college. So he's already at 2,000 going into this season. Yeah, I, I mean, you know, I think there's also something to be said. Derrick Henry tends to, I think he tends to start out kind of slow. 
like on the season, uh, generally speaking. So maybe that's what's going on here. But I just I wanted to express a little bit of caution just because it is that age range. Arby's do drop off traditionally around this age. So just something to keep in mind. Um, but I think that's basically all the, the football talk I really wanted to touch on. All right. Uh, I guess then we can take it to uh, the first of our, our <laughs> many segments that we have here. The first being Evan's best bets. Evan, do you want to go over what happened last week and, and your bets for this week? So it was Steelers plus two, uh, and they ended up losing by three. And then it was the Packers minus nine and a half, and they won by 17. So Packers, good bet. Steelers just barely missed out. I, it was tough. As I, yeah. as I told the guys here, you know, I was getting ready to get on a plane with like four minutes left in that game. And uh, I was not very happy. That was a cursed plane ride for you because you get on the plane, the Steelers lose and Trey Lance sustains his injury. Yeah. So maybe I just have to know to, you know, never get on a plane on a football Sunday again. Yeah. So, so yeah, one and one and one last week, you know, second week of missing a bet by a single point, missed the Eagles by a single point, missed the Steelers by a single point the second week. Um, so that's, that's a little tough to, to swallow, but right, kneecaps. Yeah. Yeah. Stupid kneecaps. Okay. But this week uh, we're going to be looking at the Bengals at minus five right now. Obviously, as we talked about previously, they're playing the Jets um, and the Jets offensive line is banged up. As everybody knows, Makai Becton is out. Uh, Dwayne Brown is also on IR. So that's their two starting tackles. Um, then George Fant is questionable for this game. Uh, will he play? Will he won't? He's supposed to be a game time decision. So that's going to be their third best tackle on their team, uh, potentially being out for the game. Uh, Zach Wilson still isn't back. Yeah, I mean, there's a ton of injuries on that Jets offense. Then on the Jets defense, Quentin Williams, uh, you know, one of their best defensive linemen uh, is also questionable for the game. So, yeah, the, the Jets are absolutely just beat up. And then the other one that I was looking at was the Packers one and a half. But I say that with a caveat of definitely check the injury report on that game as it gets closer. Uh, the injury report could make a giant difference. As we know, the Bucks uh, offensive line has had major issues. Um, both tackles could potentially be out for this game. Uh, we have, you know, two thirds probably of their wide receiver core out for this game. Um, Tom Brady, I think is just, I'm not going to say he's looking his age, but you know, the, the yardage that you expect out of Tom Brady just hasn't been there at this point in the season. He hasn't so, had many receivers to work with either with uh, Godwin yeah. all banged up. Now Mike Evans is suspended. Julio Jones, non-existent. Yep. So definitely take that Packers one and a half with a grain of salt. Um, check, see who's active, see who's not. Um, I'm taking the healthier team in that game. Um, and then the other one that I was looking at, the the Browns, like, I, I just don't know what to do with that team right now. Um, we're looking at um, already being ruled out, Jadavion Clowney. We're looking at Miles Garrett potentially being out with a neck injury for that game. So 
I mean, that's two things right there that you just look at and you're like, well, okay. So their two best defensive linemen could potentially be out for this game. So Thursday night could be a snooze fest. It could be a chance for the Steelers to score a couple more points. Not quite sure. It'll be interesting to see if Miles Garrett plays in that. But the big one that I wanted to hit on was Justin Jefferson's receiving prop uh, over 99 and a half yards um, is what I saw. And I've mentioned this to Corey multiple times before. Uh, Justin Jefferson in the NFL uh, in a dome has averaged 112 yards per game. And he's averaged 11.79 yards per target. So that says a lot to me. Um, I'm definitely expecting that. And he has a weak uh, Lions secondary that he's going against. Uh, And then last year in the two games against Detroit, he went for 18 receptions for 306 yards and a touchdown uh, combined over the two games versus them last year. Just to drive that fact home more that Justin Jefferson's really good on turf in 2021, he had 77 receptions for 1,214 yards and seven touchdowns on turf. And then in 2020, he had 73 receptions for 1,200 yards and seven touchdowns on turf. All right. Yeah, very good. Uh, I'm, I'm now in with you with the Bengals. I think, like you said, I'm going to wait on the Packers to see who's, who's in, who's out. Um, Justin Jefferson, once that line appears on my offshore book, I will also probably take, but I did want to also just mention, because you said it, um, the Steelers Browns game is like, I don't know. Is this a surprising line to you? Because it's, it's four and a half um, with the, with the Steelers being underdogs. Uh, You can get, you you can get them at plus 200 right now. Money line. What I thought was more impressive and more shocking was the total was at 37 and a half earlier. I was today. just about to mention that too. Yeah. I have it right like, now at 30, 38 and a half. Okay. Yeah. So you're saying each, each team needs three touchdowns. Yeah. Which is like, it's an easy bust at that point. I, mean, like, I get it. Neither quarterback is sexy by any means. Mm-hmm. It's probably going to be a game that is run, 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 but the Steelers don't have TJ Watt. The Browns Chubb just got three touchdowns all by himself. Yeah. So the Steelers could potentially, or Steelers are without TJ Watt and the Browns could be potentially without Miles Garrett, along with already being out for Jadavon Kalani. Yeah. Could be interesting. Yep. Yeah, for sure. Okay. I like it. Um, I'll be doing a lot of live betting during that game. I am well sure of that. Yeah. Probably a good one. Like wait until a first quarter touchdown or lack of a touchdown and you, you smash that like under, if there's a, if there's a touchdown. Yeah. I mean, if, if the first drive, honestly, if, for yeah. the first drive for each team, if either team scores a touchdown, I'm immediately betting over anything that's 41 or more. Okay, cool. Uh, well, some nice, nice betting takes from, uh, Evan. Um, I smell something in the air. It smells a little spicy. Do we got maybe a spicy Eric take coming down the pipeline? Oh, we got a we got a spicy hot corner take over here today. All right. So from what I've heard, there's some rumors flying around that Eric's spicy hot takes are a little bit cursed. In week one, we did not get it correct with the Lions. We were close, but there were kneecaps that were bitten. That can be a little mm. spicy. Week two, there were no kneecaps bitten, but there were ankles broken and not the good kind. 
So rumors were flying that we uh, that there's a little bit of a curse going around with the hot takes. And I thought, why is that? So I did some deep diving research and I started to realize because each of the places that we're picking the hot takes can be cold as hell. We're talking about Detroit. That is a freezing place to live, especially in the wintertime. San Francisco. In the summer, I'm sure it's great, but that like bay breeze that blows in, you know, it can get all sorts of weather. Why would you pick hot takes in two cold places? That's the problem here. So this week, we're going to go on a little trip. We're going to get somewhere warm. We're going to make it nice and hot and spicy. We're going to go to the bottom right part of the United States into good old sunny Florida, a place where I came a few years ago and Tom Brady followed me here. And we're going to be down this nice little Florida area. So let's just talk about what we got down here in Florida. We got the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, won a Super Bowl a couple of years ago, GQ supermodel, Super Bowl champ extraordinaire Tom Brady. I mean, you can't go wrong with the Buccaneers. <laughs> but then you got the amazing Tua Tungavailoa throwing six touchdowns like in the hot Miami Vice area. Miami's doing pretty good too. And then Shrek's own doppelganger Prince Charming Trevor Lawrence is up in the Jacksonville Jaguars area. And they're looking pretty spicy too. So I was thinking, you know what? We're going to have a Florida hot, hot take this week. Oh my God. The hot take this week is every single Florida football team is going to make the playoffs with two of them winning their division being the Buccaneers and the Jacksonville Jaguars. Let's go Trevor Lawrence. All three Florida teams, two of them winning. Wow. Let's go. I would make it three, but the bills are too good. Wow. That's uh wow. That's that's all I could say about that. Where's my AC controller? It's hot in here. <laughs> the t- the take was that hot that it and actually the, like increased the temperature the of your room. room. It's all way too hot. Wow. There you go. All right. Pretty spicy. The Jacksonville Jaguars, huh? Okay. Uh um, way around the United States there. That was a great take. Uh it's that's very spicy. Well, we got the spicy take on the books. We got Evan's best bets on the books. Why don't we take it into a little bit of a week three top dogs? Love it. So this was my turn, I think, to be, I think, pretty chalk here. Uh, I like that I put in my submissions uh, before I saw Evan's best bets because one of them is sort of justified in a way we'll get to. Uh, But right off the bat, I said I would do it last week and I meant it. Uh, I think I'll be putting Josh Allen in my top dogs for QB most weeks from here on. The guy is just looking absolutely awesome, uh, making me happy to have him on like 20% of my leagues. Uh, what else can I say about Josh Allen? He He's a stud, man, and he's going up against the the Dolphins, who, you know, I think have a decent defense but they just got shredded by the ravens and i don't know i like josh allen uh more than lamar jackson so i think he's gonna have another ham week and i think he will slot in as my week three top dog for qb i like that i mean you can't go wrong picking josh allen right you really just can't i love i just love that kid he's he's so and i think you can go wrong picking my guy either i'm going with patrick Mahomes boy and they're going up against the Colts this week. I think the Colts are bad. It's got shredded. They got shut out by the Jaguars, dude. That's a division winning champ Jaguars. Get it right. Yeah. And <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, my bad. 
But I mean, they looked bad. And that defense is so banged up. Matt Ryan can't keep anybody in the game. He was brought in to be a above average game manager. And they're asking him to be a hero MVP, Matt Ryan. And he's just not that anymore. And I think they're going to get turnovers. I think Mahomes is going to go for like, he's going to have like a week one performance all over again, five touchdowns, spread it around. And I think they're just going to cruise. They might be this week's bills where they bench all their starters by the third quarter. I think it's going to be one of those kinds of games. And I like Mahomes in that. And what about you, Evan? So I'm going with Lamar this week. Uh, was the second quarterback last week. And also he has had double digit rushing attempts against the Patriots uh, in the last two times they played. So 2020 and 2019. So I'm expecting his first double digit rushing attempt game of the season. And if he runs more than 10 times, I think there's a chance he gets 90 plus rushing yards and should have a touchdown. Would have been a, would have been a pretty good pick last week someone did pick him last week right i think it was was it eric none of us picked him last week no oh none of us picked him last week okay alan herbert hurts last week well we would all we all would have been wrong anyway since it was tua somehow which i don't think any of us had on our radar uh but yeah no i like i like the jackson pick for sure he was i think i think he was my second guy that i was i was thinking about but i'm just gonna ride the alan train see where that uh See where that takes me, but okay. Yeah. So we got Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, uh, taking it to running backs again. This is my week to be chalk. Uh, I need to get points on Evan, uh, because he is currently in the lead with three correct top dogs. I have one point on the board. Eric has zero. Uh, and look, I, I think this will be a Jonathan Taylor week. I think last week, I mean, Jacksonville Jaguars, I don't know what it is. They have the, the Colts number. Um, they have won. I think I saw the stat the other day. I think they've won like seven of the last like eight or nine against the Colts or something like something crazy like that. They just they always beat the Colts, man. Uh, I think it's when they're specifically at home when the Jaguars are at home, they beat the Colts like basically every time. This week, though, Colts versus the Chiefs. Man, this is a this is a big week, I feel like, for the Colts and for uh, Jonathan Taylor. Um, I think that in order to keep up with the Chiefs that have just looked completely prolific, amazing, uh, they're going to have to get their best weapons involved. And Michael Pittman's a little beat up. I think that Jonathan Taylor can, can come out and be the focal point of the offense like he has been many, many games uh, last year uh and in the past so i i'm slotting this in as a jonathan taylor week i think that he uh for the colts to keep up he is going to have to rush for over 100 yards and probably get two touchdowns so that's kind of what i'm betting on i like that i i think the chiefs defense is much improved as well i think that's kind of playing out so far you i don't think, think i'm bought in yet i don't i don't think i'm bought in yet I'm not like, they're certainly not a top 10 or anything like that, but I think they're mm. better than the bottom tier that they were on some of the Super Bowl runs. Um, I, I kind of mm. like what I'm seeing, especially in the run game. I kind of like what I'm seeing from them. I mean, it's Jonathan Taylor. Jonathan Taylor can be RB1 any week against anybody. Right. Like, you can go wrong picking that. I just, I think this game's going to be out of hand kind of quick. I, I just, I don't trust anything the Colts are doing. I went a little off the board with mine. I went with Leonard Fournette is my top RB dog. And the reason I went with Leonard Fournette is one, 
the lack of receiving options for Brady, I think they're going to go crazy run heavy. I think this is going to be the big run heavy game. I think you're going to see multiple running back formations. I think you're going to see him used a lot as the bell cow, a lot of first down runs, a lot of second down runs, get those manageable third downs. Um, Also, I don't know if you guys watched much of the bears Packers game last week. They literally were running for like 10 yards a carry and the bears have a terrible offensive line. And I mean, there was the one drive where Montgomery ran for 15 yards. Then they got a holding and they went back to like a second and 21 or something like that. And then Montgomery ran on second and 21 to the, for 28 yards. The, like, and then he ran for another like 15 yards and Herbert came in and ran for 10 yards. And I think they got a first down, like five straight runs in a row or something like that. They opened the game like that too. The Green Bay running defense might be really bad. Again, one week, we didn't see it a lot against the Vikings, but again, the Vikings went really pass heavy, so we don't know. But so far, it looks like they might not be very good against the run, and I think the Bucs are going to exploit that and let Brady have a game where he only has to throw 20 times. So on the opposite end, if you're a Brady owner, I, would try, I might try to sit Brady this week, possibly, if you, can, if you have a better option. It's, and, and you did see just so you, like – we can get that out there. Uh, Leonard Fournette is dealing with a hammy injury, keeping him limited. I didn't see he's dealing with a hammy, but I think he's going to be fine. Um, I think he's going to play, and I think he's going to get upward. I think he's going to get somewhere around 26 to 30 carries. All right. Uh, Evan? Yeah, so my pick kind of pairs with my best bet. Uh, it's going to be Joe Mixon, and I'm looking for a guy that has had 19-plus carries each of the first two weeks of the season looking for a guy that's going up against a Jets defense that just gave up three rushing touchdowns to Nick Chubb. So I think he's going to get the ball. I think he's going to have positive game script for him where the Bengals are going to be running the ball more often because they're going to be ahead and they're going to be trying to run out the clock. And he's also been involved in the receiving game, uh, having four receptions and seven reception or three receptions and seven receptions on four targets and nine targets uh, through the first two weeks. So it's encouraging to see him also getting some receiving production. So I think he scores a touchdown this week, potentially two. um, And then I think he rushes for 20 plus attempts for over a hundred yards. Mixon was my second choice. The one I was debating between. And I just decided to go with the riskier one. I I almost went with Austin Eckler because I don't know if Herbert's going to play. And if he doesn't play, I mean, they could just hand the ball to Eckler and check down to Eckler. Who, who is the backup QB for the Chargers? Chase Daniels. Pretty oh, sure. Okay. Okay. He's he's serviceable. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. That's interesting. Yeah, that, that would be a lot of checkdowns. He is, I think, Austin Eckler is the uh, highest projected running back just right now mm-hmm. on sleeper. So that is interesting. Uh, it's interesting that none of us picked him with that being the case. Uh, but I think we, we know not to fall into the uh, projected stats trap. So uh, yeah, I mean, he, had good. 10 tar- he had 10 targets last week. Sure did. I think I had, I had him, right? Yeah. I had him as my RB uh, as my RB top dog last week, but didn't quite get there with um, it was Nick Chubb with the three touchdowns that just didn't even make it <laughs> a close competition uh but okay he just hasn't he just hasn't been effective on the ground is the issue i mean we're looking at a guy that averaging less than three yards per carry 
this year. Another guy that, again, I know that it's kind of a cliche, but he's going into his like age 27 season. I mean, stuff that you have to think about. Uh, okay, so we had Jonathan Taylor, Leonard Fournette, and Joe Mixon, and then taking it to wide receivers. I love my pick now even more after Evan's best bet segment. Uh, it's Justin Jefferson. And if uh, Evan's best bet is accurate, then Justin Jefferson should be in for what – I mean, I'm slating him for a, a big game. Uh, I think that he can come out here and kind of, you know, I don't know if he'll repeat the <laughs> performance against the Packers, but going against the soft Lions secondary, I'm right there with you, Evan. I think he's going to have a, an awesome outing. I think he's going to get peppered with targets. And uh, I think that he has a fantastic chance, especially compared to the other wide receivers in the conversation here. I think he has a great chance of being that, wide receiver one top dog so justin jefferson i like that i like that um i'm going with cooper cup um the the rams are playing the cardinals and i'm i still think that cardinals defense is bad it is a bad cardinals defense this game's gonna be crazy high scoring i think you're gonna see whatever the over is in this game i would probably bet above it i don't know if that's a great bet evan but i don't know if there's an over that's too high in this game and i think cooper cup is going to see all the targets he's just going to be this could be like the cooper cup game and i just think he has a great chance to shred this arizona defense he's got a lot of opportunity to do so yeah i mean again another guy that you just can't really go wrong picking cooper cup is is insane he's like averaging 15 targets a game or something like that so good and uh what do you got evan yeah so i went with my best bets and followed suit with Justin Jefferson. Yes. Uh, I mean, the dome stats are undeniable. Uh, pair that with the fact that Detroit has been giving up 273 yards through the air and they played the Eagles one of those two weeks who yeah. are running the ball, like one of the highest clips in the NFL. They gave up a ton of passing guards to the commanders. Like, yeah. yeah. So I, yeah, I very much think that that's going to be the case. Funny enough, I almost picked Kirk Cousins as the quarterback because I was just like, they're just going to throw and throw and throw. And that's really funny. Airmail it down the field. That's pretty funny. Okay. Oh, I get, oh man, you know what's crazy is I, we didn't even mention this. Like the Kirk Cousins curse continues for Monday night. He yep. can't, he can't get it done in primetime, dude. He just can't. Yeah. Too much pressure, I guess, but okay. All right, so uh, we have Justin Jefferson, Cooper Cup, and Justin Jefferson. I really like that my pick was reaffirmed there. Uh, going into tight ends, keeping it chalk. Like I said, going Travis Kelsey this week. He did it week one, didn't do it week two, uh, but, you know, Derwin James and J.C. Jackson, that is, a, that is a pretty monstrous secondary for the Chargers, so I'm not really blaming Travis Kelsey uh too much there and look i still think that despite his you know 32 year old like age i he's the best tight end like he's the most valuable tight end in the game uh and coming off of like kind of a stinker week against the chargers i think he'll he'll bounce right back against the colts and uh be the number one target for patrick mahomes again um so probably thinking like you know 90 100 yard game and a touchdown or two so 
slot him in as my week three top dog at tight end. So full disclosure, he was going to be my pick. And um, you put it in first, and I just felt like being different. Um, so I went with Dallas Goddard. And I really like that because they're going up against the commanders. I don't think he's been super involved as much as the receivers have been on the Eagles offense so far. And I just have this weird, I don't know, just a gut feeling that I feel like the Eagles are really going to try to get him a part of the pass game this week and try to really make an emphasis to get him as one of the weapons that's going off. Um, From some of the game I watched, he was being targeted. There was like silly penalties. I was having stuff called back when he get, catch the ball that wasn't his fault and i just think we're due for a goddard breakout game and i don't really trust anything that the commanders are and i think hertz could look to turn some of those rushing touchdowns into tight end passing touchdowns in the red zone and um i I have a good feeling about goddard this week okay i like it kind of a not a uh obvious pick i would say but i like it i do like dallas goddard um I think preseason we were kind of all slotting him in as like the receiving the the number two receiving threat on the Eagles. So uh, looking forward to seeing if he can take the reins there as that threat. Um, I like it. What do you got, Evan? So I almost went with the stack uh, getting Mark Andrews, but I ended up going with Darren Waller uh, mainly because what does Bill Belichick do the best? He takes whoever your weapon weapon is and he completely neutralizes them that's exactly why i didn't pick mark andrews so that was my exact process there as well uh i looked at it and i said well mark andrews is due for a down game because of that that's Uh, actually why i i almost like i know it sounds pretty silly but i almost slotted in bateman as my wide receiver one i was pretty close i thought it was gonna be an out there one but something that could actually happen because i think they will spend a lot of their defensive resources locking down Mark Andrews. But yeah, so uh, I wonder with uh, Vrabel being, you know, former defensive player and also a very good defensive mind as a coach, uh, will he end up taking away Tay Adams? Will he end up putting a bracket coverage on Tay Adams? I don't know. Those are those are questions I don't quite have the answer to. Uh is Derek Carr upset with Hunter Renfro for his two fumbles at the end of last game? Possible storyline as well. Yeah. So I started Renfro. Renfro is also, I think, hurt. Yeah, I think, he I think has he's a limited. Concussion. concussion yeah. If I remember. Which might have contributed to the fumbles potentially. Potentially. Um, so you you put those two things together you put together the fact that i think it's going to be a pretty close game i hope it's a pretty close game being down here in in nashville uh if it's not and the titans lose uh it's going to be pretty glum around town here so uh darren waller i think will see a sizable amount of targets i think he'll be on the field a good amount so i'm thinking eight targets for six receptions say 80 yards and a touchdown and i think that puts you in the conversation for tight end one yeah any performance uh, like that yeah that that is a conversation to be made for tight end one for sure is this an owen tombstone game between the raiders and the titans whichever one loses they're done they're not making the playoffs oh wow yeah i mean i mean owen three teams right like statistically they they have a really long shot and make it the playoffs 
And yeah, I, I mean, next to nothing. If yeah. Titans go zero three, the division they're oh, in, man. it's possible. If the Raiders go zero and three, they're not coming back on the Chiefs. So, and the so what? So what if they tie? Don't. Oh man. Oh my god. That'd be so <laughs> devastating. Absolutely devastating. Oh man, I feel I feel bad for that fan base. It's it's brutal. I I really like the Raiders like preseason. I th- I think they have a chance. I am probably I'm not. Done. I'm not laying any sort of juice on it, but like. I would take the Raiders. I, I think the Raiders pull it together here. And I, I think the Titans are stinky, man. They they lost against the Giants. Giants don't have a wide receiver. They literally don't have a wide receiver. Richie I, I James think, was their wide receiver one. At least the Raiders lost to um they lost to the Chargers, who yes. are fancy Super Bowl pick. And the and, Cardinals in like a totally like a upset weird. Like, really like weird Potter. over yeah yeah i mean kyler had a 21 second play at one point <laughs> yeah where he ran 80 yards yeah it's it was... but not down the field mind you he didn't get those 80 yards of rushing like at like padded to his stats he ran 80 yards back and forth until he finally ran in for the uh the two points or whatever i wish we could get like resting miles on like our fantasy yeah. team like every yard that he ran on that play would have counted towards your fantasy player Instead of, like, two we got. Yeah, I mean, Najee Harris would probably have some bonus points for all the dancing he's doing in the uh, in the backfield. Totally. You guys, have you guys seen, like, the, the footage, like, the film of this where Najee Harris is just, dude, I don't know what's going on there, but he is not attacking the hole. He is not. I heard he was banged up. Yeah. 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 I mean, he has the Liz Frank sprain. Yeah, I mean, you need time to heal from that, and he is not. he's not getting time. He's being still used as, like, the workhorse guy. They're not. They're not even trying to slot anyone else in at running back there. They're giving Chase Claypool some like jet sweeps and stuff. But other than that, it's just Najee Harris, man. And that's that's not going to do him any favors for healing that Lynch rank. Well, I mean, the, the Steelers as a franchise, I think it's over the last like five years or something like that, have the highest usage of a single running back. So like, yeah. they, they typically have that bell, bell cow in quotes, and they just run him into the ground. They right. go for four years, they franchise tag him, and then they get the fifth year out of him, or they take the fifth year option, and then they say bye-bye, moving on. I mean, when yep. you go from Le'Veon Bell to James Conner to Najee Harris, I would probably use them a lot, too. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's that's fair. Okay, so just ru- running back, just so it's, it's all out there. Uh, so my top dogs, I had Josh Allen, Jonathan Taylor, Justin Jefferson, Travis Kelsey, Eric, you had Patrick Mahomes, Leonard Fournette, Cooper Cup, Dallas Goddard. Evan, you had Lamar Jackson, Joe Mixon, Justin Jefferson, and Darren Waller. Pretty good. Pretty good uh, week three top dogs here. Excited to see how it all plays out. It's kind of interesting that none of us took the Thursday night game for the running backs in either Najee or Nick Chubb, especially since it's supposed to be 20 plus mile an hour wins with two bad quarterbacks. I feel it, dude. Thursday night games are just they they freak me out, man. Weird stuff happens on Thursday nights, and I just don't know. Um, looking at that uh over under of 38 and a half, too. I'm like, uh, is it probably gonna be over, but I don't know. Like Vegas usually is pretty uh pretty sharp. So, like, I don't know, that kind of freak. I did I thought about Nick Chubb. I really did think about Nick Chubb because I think that 
Steelers defense is still pretty decent, but you know, without TJ Watt, I think their run uh, stopping ability is well, like just weakened in general. So I, I was looking at Dick Chubb, but I just, I think it's going to be a Jonathan Taylor week, but uh, after top dogs, of course, follows my sleepy dog of the week. And I've been very upfront with, I'm, I'm still trying to work out what a sleepy dog really means here. Last week I had Naeem Hines. That seemed like uh, from the first drive, it seemed like it was going to be pretty good. Naeem Hines came out with like a 20 yard reception. And I was like, oh yeah, here we go. Like it's going to be Naeem. No, didn't, didn't, didn't end up being a Naeem Hines game. Didn't end up being an anyone from the Colts game because they got smashed and shut out by the Jaguars, which is uh, again, Really cool and fun. Uh, didn't see that coming exactly. So that's fun. But I think that this week I'm going to see if this tracks at all because I'm thinking of going with more of a, a sleepy dog approach in terms of this is a guy where he's kind of on the wide receiver two, running back to flex borderline. And I'm going to kind of go with a pick that I think is a guy where if you have better options, it might be a bench week. And I think I'm going to go with that. And, and if it works out for me this week, then that's, I think how I'm going to go forward is uh, naming a guy that I think will just not perform up to expectations or, or, you know, projections in general. And so this is a guy where to me, he's been okay. Um, I think people expected more, wanted more from him preseason. I think he was being drafted that way as a guy that could be a little more relied on, especially with like splash games where he really shows out um, as he did for his previous team before being traded. And maybe this is a little too obvious. I'm not really sure, but I still, I still like it as a guy that maybe you're thinking about flexing, but I'm saying maybe rethink it. And I'm going with Marquis Hollywood Brown. If you have a better option, I think go ahead and sit him on the bench. And it really comes down to going against the Rams, going against Jalen Ramsey, who I think Jalen Ramsey, say what you want about him. He is still a prolific special cornerback that tends to lock down that number one receiving threat. And the Cardinals have nothing else. DeAndre Hopkins still suspended corpse of AJ green plotting out there. Uh, They're running Greg Dorch out there as a receiving threat. I think Marquise Brown is the guy that the Cardinals are going to look for. And I think the Rams just completely suffocate them and uh, they, they don't get a lot done through the air. And I think if you have a better option, Marquise Hollywood Brown, go ahead and slide him on his, on the bench because he is looking sleepy this week. Jalen Ramsey was looking real special week one when he gave up 158.3 passer rating to all the passes he defended. Well, to me, I think that when you compare Stefan Diggs and Marquise Hollywood Brown, there's a there's a stark difference between those two players. I don't think that Hollywood is nearly the player Diggs is, but I appreciate the commentary, Eric. That's a good sleepy dog. I like your sleepy dog pick. That's a good one. We'll see how it goes, man. It, again, if it if it, basically if it works out and Marquise goes like under ten fantasy points this week. That's the direction I'm going. I'm picking guys that don't don't perform up to expectations. If it doesn't work out, well, I'm still then that was you know pick of the week. I'm still retooling (laughs) the sleepy pick and what that means. So uh, we'll see how it goes. But I I do truly believe that Marquise Brown again. If 
I know he's a guy that a lot of people took rather highly, but if you have a flex guy that you could slot in over him, I think that is a, a decent uh, selection to make not playing Hollywood Brown this week. 